Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by a special guest. She is the one, the only Empress. She is a ballet dancer. She is a singer, songwriter. She even plays the piano and has written for a short film. She was the youngest to join the San Francisco Ballet. We're going to be talking to her about all those things and what she's doing now. So Empress, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Why don't you start off by giving us a little background about yourself, maybe where you came from, how you got started, and anything else you might want the audience to know. Sure. Um, I grew up in a small mountain town called Lake Tahoe, California. There's really no performing arts culture, um, especially when I was growing up in that town. There's more now, but um, but but when I was growing up there, there was really no performing arts um, that I knew of, and my parents were not in that world, and I just grew up loving music, and that kind of translated into dancing to music, singing to music, everything, you know, that music was to me was was like, you know, you could manifest it into physical movement, you could feel it, you could, it was just, music was always a big, a big through line throughout my life. But um, my parents signed me up for ballet class when I was about six or seven, and I loved it. And at seven years old, I wrote down my list of things that like my dreams and life goals that I wanted to accomplish. And my parents were really supportive growing up. So they had me, that was an assignment that they had me do to help me dream. And I wrote down three very specific things. I wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to be a singer. It was like, that. that's it. No one in my family had ever done that before. And so they were, they were all very sporty and athletic and no one really knew what to do with me. So <laughs> they, um, they signed me up for ballet class, as I said, and I, I excelled in my dancing. I took piano lessons. I had this wonderful teacher who was kind of like the Mary Poppins of, of music teachers and made it so fun and helped me, um, you know, exercise my composing skills. So I started composing very young as well. Never sang. Um, and flash forward, I ended up getting a full scholarship to go to the San Francisco Ballet School summer intensive, which at the end of what, uh, the, the five week intensive, I was about 14, they asked me to join the school full time. And my parents were crazy enough to let me move to the city um, and train with San Francisco Ballet School. And at 16, I was the youngest member of San Francisco Ballet and one of the youngest in their history. I think there's only a few of us. Uh, this is the oldest ballet company in the country, by the way. So this is kind of, it was a huge deal. It was a really cool thing for me because I was um, just confirmed that when you dream big and you work, you know, towards that dream, anything is possible and that dreams are, you know, they can become reality. Um, and 
then that transitioned into my singing career. Ironically, there was a ballet um, in San Francisco Ballet's uh, season that needed singers, which is like super random because we're a very uh, seen, not heard kind of culture. You know, the ballet is just a visual art form. And, and um, so making noise and breaking that silence was horrifying. But the first time that I ever sang was um, opening night for West Side Story Suite. And I was Anita and I had this big solo and I was so nervous. And at the end of the show, I got this huge standing ovation. I was on the front page of the newspaper the next day. I was this huge buzz. And uh, this this man was sitting in the in the audience who was, you know, six years later was casting a Broadway show and needed ballerinas who could sing and remember that I could sing and offered me a contract to go to Broadway. So after 11 years of being in San Francisco Ballet, I was offered a contract to go to New York and be in this original cast of this show called An American in Paris, which ended up winning a bunch of Tony Awards. And it was a really cool experience. And I later got to do the lead role in that. And, and so doing the lead role in my first Broadway production, being called an actress for the first time in my career was really cool. And it was a full circle moment, you know, thinking about my seven-year-old self being like, wow, I'm an actress now. And, um, and, you know, breaking that silence as a dancer, um, I, I kind of was a closeted singer and songwriter for many years um, and didn't really think that anyone would ever understand my lyrics. It was just like, you know, just basically therapy for me. And one day I decided to share it with a couple friends on Broadway and and they gave me the you know, why haven't you ever done this before? You're a singer, like this is this is the new you, you know? And so anyway, that transitioned after Broadway, I just felt like I had gone from such a quiet world, broke the silence, went to Broadway. And, and like after that, I just couldn't shut up. So, you know, it was a natural transition for me to become a singer songwriter. And then I wanted to create something that I was really proud of. So I became Empress. And Empress to me was finally becoming, especially as an artist, the ruler over my own life and not, you know, ruling over anybody else, but inspiring people to also find a way for them to feel empowered and, you know, inspired to become the ruler over their life and the empress or emperor over their world and, and kind of create their own place, uh, you know, where we can all coexist as rulers over our own life and and not have to like dominate over other people always or point fingers uh, outwardly it was all very internal stuff that i was i was just kind of trying to create a world where i didn't have to just be boxed in and labeled and being empress i felt like i had the freedom to be a ballerina an actress a singer a songwriter a composer a creator in one place for the first time because when i was in the ballet, I was always considered, especially after I sang, everyone's like, oh, our new little Broadway star. And then I went to ballet, to Broadway and everyone called me a prima ballerina. And I was like, why can't I just, you know, be me uh, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing? Cause you know, it's just people like to box you in and I like to blow up those boxes. So that's how I kind of became Empress. And since then it's just kind of fallen into place and I get to talk to amazing people like you and share my message. So that's a little 
nugget about me. And it's a lot longer than I thought you, or I think you thought I was going to be. So thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. So let's talk about the San Francisco ballet. Let's talk about the things you guys yeah. did. You danced all around the world. Tell us about some of those places and what that experience was like. And also the different type of musics that yeah. you danced to. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, we get to perform to live music every all day, every day. Um, so we have a pianist in every class rehearsal, you know, um, and then on in performances, depending on what kind of, you know, piece you're performing, it's, it's always a live performance. And it's so amazing. So like, I learned so much from, from the uh, San Francisco Ballet Orchestra from just listening to incredible composers, but then getting to see it and hear it live every night and starting to, you know, I was always really close with the the members of the orchestra. I'd always hang out down there in the basement, you know, and, and ask them questions and they'd teach me about different instruments. And I called myself a professional clapper for many years when I was in the school. Most people do not know this, but to start the, the audience to like for, the applause to start the applause there's someone in the orchestra pit that you know claps they start the clapping so that people know that okay now it's time for you know the this show to start it kind of gets everyone's attention and it, it's a really cool thing i did this for like five years i every single performance i would run downstairs to the basement unless i had to be on stage like right away the beginning of a show I would be in the orchestra pit starting the clapping and it was so fun because I got to get to know all the orchestra members because I'd hang out before the show with them and they would be teaching me about their instruments and stuff and so it was really cool and then when I was on stage we'd always smile and wink at each other and you know if it was okay if I wasn't front and center or something I'd be on the side and I'd just kind of nod a little or wink at, at people so it was always a really strong connection to music and we got to do it to, like oh man I have some my favorite composer of all time is Philip Glass and I'll never forget the first time I heard that music with a live orchestra. I was just mesmerized and so inspired. And, you know, of course, there's Tchaikovsky, there's Stravinsky, there's, you know, just, I mean, you name it, if it's classical or even slightly contemporary, it's, you know, Beethoven, we've, I've danced to it, to live music. So that was really cool. And to be able to travel the world, I had never traveled. You know, I was from a small town. So I basically went from my small town to San Francisco. And then my first tour was to Paris. And I had never been overseas. And that was an amazing experience to just, like, to all of a sudden be thrown into this world where we're meeting the president of France and... Um, getting to go to their house for cocktail receptions. I'm 16, so I'm just like, you know, my mind is blown. And I've met the president of Iceland, and we've gone to China and met all the ambassadors there. And, you know, just amazing people that you get to meet um, over the years. I've been all over the world and, you know, so grateful for that um, experience. And, and to be thrown into that world from, again, a small town was like, you know, very interesting and very fun and very, you know, I just learned so much. Absolutely. Sounds like mm -hmm. fun. So yeah. let's talk about your Broadway show. Tell everybody yeah. who might not know what this show was and 
you know, tell us about it and tell us about your experience there and, and how did you like it? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it was like the best thing for me to transition into the Broadway world because it was another component of my my artistic, you know, career. And I always think of my my career as a as an artist as if I'm a a dry sponge thrown into a big bucket of water, you know, I'm just absorbing as much information as I possibly can. And, you know, I just expand more and more every day. So for me as an artist to be able to, and a storyteller on stage, to be able to tell stories with with words and be able to express yourself with song, that was really, really cool and exciting element because we were still doing tons of different styles of dance, which I grew up doing every kind of dance possible. So it wasn't like that scary to be tapping or doing something, but but to be able to do it all in one place, I was like, this is amazing. And the artists in that show were so talented. The casting director spent two and a half years casting that show. Just like the, the best casting director, I think, in Broadway, which is Rachel Hoffman um, with Bernie Tesley is like, oh my gosh, she was so, she worked so hard on that. And it really showed, I've done other shows since and really the show's success all rides around the casting director they have to you know they have to cast the right people and not only did rachel cast the show so well with talent she casted an incredible cast of people and so the synergy and like just the professionalism in that show is so cool so american in paris is for those that don't know is a old 19 i think 56 movie that won you know best uh, an Oscar for, um, you know, best picture. And it was, it starred Gene Kelly and Leslie Caron. It was George and Ira Gershwin music. And it was a huge success. It's one of Gene Kelly's, you know, biggest hits besides singing in the rain, of course, but you know, to, of his career, it was a really big one. There's this huge ballet at the very end of the, the show. That's a huge musical part with this incredible music from, from uh, George Gershwin, George and Ira. And it was it was uh, 26 years in the making to get this show to Broadway. I mean, like this was a, a really cool thing because I was about 26 when I joined the, the show. So I thought, well, this, this sh- I was born to do this, you know? <laughs> and so um, it was just a really cool experience to be there. I immediately started taking acting lessons with this amazing acting coach named Joan Rosenfels in New York and she kicked my little butt every week and I I got you know very confident in my acting skills in New York and I ended up getting cast as the lead role thanks to all the hard work that I put into my acting got cast as the lead role in American in Paris so I ended up you know, I started in the ensemble and worked my way up and um, ended up getting to the lead, which was really satisfying and also proves again that when you dream big and you're willing to do the work that it takes to make that dream a reality, that those dreams will always come true. So that was really special for me. And I was super grateful to work with the Gershwin family who are all family friends now and some incredible artists that are just the most talented people I know. Absolutely. Now let's switch over and talk about your music career. Let's talk about your singing and also the famous producers that you work with and also the music that you've written for 
a short film. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, the short film started first because I still hadn't like, you know, quote unquote, found my voice. Um, you know, it was, it was later in life when I realized I could sing, but the composing was always there for me. So I was four years old when I first started composing and it was just, you know, me doodling apparently, you know, like doodling on the piano. So um, I didn't really realize that that was. And then it just sort of, I have these melodies that are always in and out of my head and if i'm smart enough to write them down or or to go run over to the piano before they kind of you know you forget them then i have a song and these melodies are haunting you know sometimes you want to just sleep and this all you can do is just this melody is on repeat in your head so i was always good at composing and you know i have a really good ear for music and so i had um i met this uh up and coming a director who needed music and there was dancing in the in the the film that he was working on and so you know it just worked really well and i love working on film and especially like you know not necessarily just classical but neoclassical contemporary music is so fulfilling to create and to put it to a visual is always really fun so that was a really cool experience I've had I've done that a couple times with different films and it's always really a fun challenge. It's not that hard. It's just really fun. That's I that was the wrong word. It's not a challenge. It's really fun. So and then singing that I told you about that with the West Side Story. I after that performance, I really just felt like I had taken a leap of faith in my my singing and it was um, rewarded when I you know. When I jumped off, I realized I could fly in a way. And I found so much freedom in expressing myself in lyrics. And and um, I pour my heart and soul out into each song that I write. And over the years, with all the connections that I've met through the ballet and on Broadway, um, people have introduced me to some incredible people that I've collaborated with, including my songwriting partner, Alexandra Forbes, who is a you know hit maker and an incredible songwriter and wordsmith, and she is also a songwriting coach. And so we started writing music together, and I don't think she's realized that she's taught me so much. I mean, I had already had kind of a the natural component, but I didn't know why things worked. She's kind of explained to me why songwriting is the way it is and how you can break rules, but you can only break them if you know them. And you know, it's just, she's a stickler to making sure that the song is authentic to you and um, that that it's something you believe in because at the end of the day, I'm going to be the one that has to stand on stage and sing about it. So if I don't believe in it, no one else will. And so she's just amazing. And through our work together, I was introduced to this guy named Bart Shodell, who is a, a multi-Grammy nominated um, producer and works with the top singers, um, pop singers in the industry from Beyonce, like his two Grammy award nominations was, was for Beyonce and Justin Bieber. So that was already really, you know, quite an incredible accomplishment on his end. And, and since then has attracted, I mean, he works with 
Billie Eilish and Camila Cabello and, you know, Katy Perry and Rihanna when she was singing and like all these incredible artists. So, you know, fighting over his time is always a bit of a challenge, but he always makes time for me because we love working together. I feel like we're both each other's musical soulmates and we have so much fun. He's such a kind soul and I'm just so grateful to actually have him on my team. And through him, of course, he opens all these doors for me to work with other people and and so I'm forever grateful for him and and um and now I'm starting to work with these these teams in um the the UK and and in Europe that are doing some cool remixes. I'm not that that savvy when it comes to remixes, but gosh, they're they're really um fun to be, you know, making right now with all the songs that I have currently. And so the the last little thing I'll leave you with with my music is that I'm finally releasing an EP this spring and I will have a album by the end of the year, which is really cool. So this is all my debut, you know, music um, endeavors. So I'm very excited about sharing those with everybody. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot like I do all my (laughs) musicians that I interview. Why don't you go ahead and sing a little something for us, maybe a verse from your top single or something just so we can kind of give us a sample here you did not warn me on that one but okay i will oh i never do i never (laughs) do (laughs) all right this one's from um i'll do one from we own this crown and this is like just the pre-chorus chorus chorus section so up from the underground finally writing the seeds i've sown i'm not alone i'm seeing from every side shadows are made of light this is home now on this crown now on this crown now on this and scene <laughs> and you sound like kelly clarkson now oh thank this, you this ep that's coming out how, how do we get a hold to it i, I definitely want to follow your music and thank you you know t- tell us as much as you can about the album are uh, you getting any radio play how, how do we get a hold of your stuff Yes, I am getting some radio play, which is really exciting. And, um, you know, Spotify playlist plays and things. Um, The upcoming album, you can basically follow me by going to my website first and signing up for a newsletter. So www.empress-music.com. You can kind of just see what I'm all about and all of my links to my music and my social media channels are all there. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's empress.music. And that's kind of the same on Facebook and Twitter. And then I'm on all music streaming platforms and YouTube and everything. It's just Empress. So um, the EP is called We Own This Crown. The basic sort of idea behind this is is actually that each person um, wears their own crown and, and it looks different. For instance, like mine, well, I always liked sparkly tiaras, which is probably why I joined a ballet company. Um, but I love sparkly t- tiaras. Uh, for instance, for you, it's going to be a baseball cap with your, you know, baseball. It's going to be a doctor's scrubs. It's going to be a helmet for a... 
uh, fireman. It's going to be a helmet for a little girl that's learning how to ride a bike for the first time. Every everybody's crown is different, and we we don't have to wait for somebody else to put it on our heads. So I guess you know, being in the ballet for so many years and playing all these princesses and queens and empresses um, on stage, I had to do research and understand why you know a crown is what it is and. And from all of the wearing it, I've kind of realized how much insecurity is built into a crown because it's never actually owned by the monarch. And it's always given to the next monarch. It's, you know, there's always someone in line waiting in the wings to kind of take it from you. Um, so unless you actually own your own crown and do a self-coronation, you never really have this security of feeling like you're the ruler over your own life and the creator of your own happiness and so like just imagine a world where each one of us gets to build our own crown put it on our heads and then you know like live a life where we're not pointing outwardly we're pointing our finger inwardly and taking responsibility and ownership over our own lives and i think that if we could just live in a world that was kind of like that i think it would change some dynamics for sure i think we would take care of our you know, ourself, if we can take care of ourselves, we can take care of the world. Um, and it's as simple as that. And so that's kind of the message behind we own this crown and the, you know, what I'm doing as Empress. You definitely own the crown. And listeners, <laughs> I'm going to put the website in the show notes. So make sure you sign up to keep up with Empress. Is there anything yeah. that we need to discuss that you want to talk about that I've missed? No, that was such a great interview. And I'm so glad that I got to share um, my my story with with my with your listeners. Absolutely. And we're definitely going to be checking you out and following you. I wish you much success. Empress, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. And listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.